Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I have with me, as always, former NFL player James Loving. So how how's your week, James? Mm, rough week. Had the flu. So I've been down oh, all yeah. week, but getting a lot better. Getting a lot better. Yeah, get that energy back. And and last, uh, I'm we have to apologize for everyone for last Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if everyone heard, but they had that bomb blizzard here in Colorado, and uh, it was it started off looking like what are they talking about? But then it it was a it was a blizzard. It was crazy. Yeah, one day going on here. So, yeah, we weren't able to do the show last week, but we're back. You know, we're dedicated. We're here to, here to talk and got some things to, to discuss. So, anyway, I hope you're doing better. Getting there. Getting there. All right. Well, good, good, good. So, let's uh, talk about some NBA and some issues that's going on there. Uh, so, about three weeks ago, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they were playing a game against the Denver Nuggets at the Pepsi Center. During the game, Michael Westbrook, you know, he stepped out of bounds and landed close to a young fan sitting courtside. Uh, this fan reached out and slightly shoved Westbrook. You know, Westbrook turned around on the court and stared at the young fan. Uh, then he walked over and had a talk with the fan's dad and told the father, be careful, man, you can't have your son just hit random people. You've got to control your kid. This brought up an issue. Basketball is the only professional sport where the fans have no barrier with the court or the players. So then there was another incident, you know, last week, again with Russell Westbrook, not Michael, sorry, Russell Westbrook, um, and some Utah Jazz fans, you know, and they were yelling inappropriate things towards Westbrook. When things like this happen, the arena security issue warning cards in violation of the NBA fan code of conduct. You know, any further abuse would have them ejected without a refund. So, you know, there's only a matter of time before something bad happens. Is it time for the NBA to do something about the proximity of fans to players during the game? I don't think so. I think, you know, you got a couple of incidents that, that happened. You know, the little boy didn't push him. He just touched him, you know, for a good job, you know. And, you know, you got to look at who you're dealing with, Russell Westbrook. You know, you see other players that, you know, get touched by fans or they jump in the stands and land on people and, there's no big thing, but, you know, Russell Westbrook got that mentality that, you know, um, he's angry all the time. So, you know, it's only going to happen with Russell Westbrook. You haven't seen it with no other player. So you got to look at what, what, who's it happened to, you know, only, you know. So uh, players going to yell at you. They're going to be close. They're going to yell at you and all that. They pay six, 7000 for those seats, you know, so. You know, you got to take what they say, you know, that's a fan. But, you know, if the, if the people feel that it's too much, they should just give, escort the fan out. That's all they have to do, you know, plain and simple. So it ain't no big thing, I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, like I said, it just, it, it, you know, granted, you know, yes, this is Michael, or Russell Westbrook, and, you know, things seem to happen around him. Um and and I saw the video of the kid, and I yes, he should have touched him, but it was kind of I, I think it was more in play. I think the kid was more being playful, 
stressful than he was trying to be mean because it wasn't anything bad. Because um, how many times do the players actually, you know, when they come out of when they they have so much momentum and they're coming towards the court side and they actually land on the fans, you know, that, that that's going to happen. So I don't know. I I I saw this. And, and it brought it up, and but then the second time I was like, wow, it seems like Russell seems to have an issue with, brings out issues with people. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if, if, if something else more happens with, with other players, um, then they may want to consider things. But it is true. I mean, there's no barrier, um, which, which is, 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 you know, it could be something that, uh, that could be, detrimental down the road but for now I think uh, just do what they do and we'll see uh, so the Golden State Warriors I, I've, I've been following them you know and, but lately they've been lacking in defense you know the, about a week and a half ago they gave up 40 points in the second quarter to the Phoenix Suns Phoenix Suns haven't hardly won any games um, you know pretty, pretty much you know and then and then this past week, I watched them play San Antonio Spurs. It's like they they they, they just don't have have what it takes out there. I know I know what you're going to tell me because you know the the team shows up when it's playoffs. I know that's what you're going to say, but they've never played like this. You know this this close to the end of the season. You know, and and, and last year there was all these injuries. There's all these there's no injuries. There's no problems with the players, especially the key players. So. My question is, should Golden State Warriors be concerned with their team after dropping, you know, a lot of lot of their, their games? What they should be worried about. You gotta realize they play eighty some games, they travel city to city, getting on the play, game after play, game after game, you know, going to a different city on the plane, out of play. You know, it's hard to get up for eighty two games, you know, and I don't care who you play, you can be playing the Low my high school. It's hard when you're traveling like that, you know, year after year. You know, sooner or later it's going to break you down. You know, you're not going to win every game. I mean, baseball, you play a hundred and some games. You know, like, man, how did they lose to that team? That team's sorry. They got no. I mean, it's hard, you know, those many games is up and down in an airplane and, you know, East Coast, West Coast, you know, so. Well, they're all right. You know, playoff come, it'll be a different thing. So, all right, they're all right. They can't win the thing every year, have the best record every year. So, you know, it happens, you know, but they're going to win the um, championship? Yeah. So, that's all that counts. Well, they're all right. Everybody worried about them because they lose it to Phoenix. A lot of teams lost to Phoenix and the Knicks. The sorriest team around, but that don't matter, you know. So one <coughs> one game. Yeah, uh, I I I know what you're saying, but like I said, just just watching them, they had it was totally lackluster. They they don't have any team. They're not playing together. I, I don't know. It was just it was so odd to watch them. You know, it just wasn't as fun as they normally are. So anyway, I guess uh, yeah, you're right. We'll see what happens moving forward. So. Last question before we take our, our first break. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers head coach, Luke Walt- Walton, is he going to be out of a job at the end of the season? 
Number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, this is Chris Marwitz. I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the NFL. And we're going to talk about something that I know you're tired of talking about, but it's got to be talked about. Antonio Brown. So, about a week, a little over a week ago, he was to be traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and uh, to the Buffalo Bills. But then the deal fell apart due to Antonio Brown's reluctance to play with Buffalo. You know, Brown had said he would set out a year if he was traded to Buffalo. Originally, there were several teams who were interested in trading for, uh, for Antonio. Some of these teams have bailed out, while other teams have, you know, cooled their pursuit in hopes go, of getting A.B. at a reduced asking price. So in the end, the Steelers traded him to the Oakland Raiders for a third and a fifth round draft pick. So he will sign a three-year deal worth $54 million with $30 million guaranteed. So, uh, question to you is, is this the blueprint that only good NFL players need to do? Throw a fit with your team, demand a trade, and see who wants you. Well, I mean, you got to look at it both ways. It's a business for the owners. Because when the owner's ready to get rid of you, they can trade you whenever. So, you know, you got to look at the player side too, you know. So, um, both sides, you know, Got got a point, you know. When the player's ready to go, they want to go there. And when the owners want to trade you, they can trade you without you even knowing it. So, you know, it's a business, you know. And that's all it become now. Back in days when football played, it was a loyalty, you know. Owners were loyalty to the players, players were loyalty to them, and they was up front with the players. Now it's like, you know, they say it's all about the money. So um, I, I don't blame the players, you know. I think some players go over beyond it, but, you know, you got to look at what the owners do to the players, too. When they're ready to get rid of them, they can trade them in the night. They won't even know it. You know, one player in basketball, that traded, he playing in a game, even though he was traded. So, you know, um, the owners don't care. So if the players get to where they don't care, so I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it is about the money. You're you're right because it, it is kind of disgruntling when you find out that the NFL is about the only professional sport teams that there's no there's not a lot of guaranteed money. You know, the contract only is guaranteed for a certain amount, and and once you know they they've gotten through their guaranteed money, then yeah, it's time it's time for a player to say, you know what, either either you know let's let's renegotiate or. You know, let's let's go somewhere else, and and that's strictly what it's about. You know, especially a player like Odell Beckham, or sorry, like Antonio Brown. That, you know, yeah, he's 31, but he still has you know a lot of, a lot of gas in his tank to do what he's got to do uh, down the field and catch the ball. So we'll see. But you know, now he's with Oakland. So the follow-up question is: Can John Gruden get Antonio Brown to not disrupt the locker room? No, no, no. We gotta see what happens. I mean, 
You know, you don't know what AB going to do. You don't know what John, you know. So, you, you know, you got to see how the season goes, you know. See if he get angry and not get enough balls. You know, uh, it's going to be, you know, see what he could do. I don't think anybody controls any player, you know. So, he's going to do what he want to do. Well, they've always said that Oakland is a landing spot for, for problem children. You know, they just got through signing Perfect. Ber- Ber- I always cannot pronounce his name right, but, you know, he's he's had lots of problems, you know, with, with stomping on players on the field and, you know, getting fined. And now he's with Oakland, which is like the perfect team, you know, for, for, for someone like him. You know, and, and John Gruden's there for another nine, they signed, you know, he's there for, for another nine years. You know, so... I don't, I don't, I don't see Gruden getting getting a handle on uh, on, on Antonio because you know he he wants to be in the limelight and you know he wants to have everything shown on him and if there's going to be any issues, you know he's not going to take responsibility for his his part in what's happening. So I don't know. I I think it's there's still going to be issues with that surrounding Antonio and it's never going to be right. But all right. So last question is you know. Who in this in this situation, you know, with 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 Pittsburgh and with Oakland, who wins and who who loses with this deal? You don't know who wins. You don't know who loses. Yeah, wait till the season to see, you know, where, how Antonio performed with the Raiders, and if the Steelers lose, start losing. Now without having Antonio, that's the only way you gotta figure out who wins and who loses. I mean, Pittsburgh feel they win, they got rid of a problem, you know. Way to feel that they won because they got a great receiver. So you have to see how the proceeds the season progress with him, and see if he act up over there with the Raiders, and then that's where you can tell who win, who loses. Yeah, yeah. I I I just don't. In this whole situation, I I, I think that yeah, that the Steelers lost, you know, but. We'll, again, we'll see what happens if if we think that Oakland won in this situation. I I don't know. Granted, they only had to give up a third and a fifth round draft pick. I, that to me is just crazy that you don't have to give up that much for for someone of his caliber. So, you know, they they got they they lucked out. They lucked out. So even if he, you know, halfway performs, I I think they'll end up winning on this deal. You know, and 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 what's what's Pittsburgh going to do? I mean. They don't they need a they don't they, granted they have Connor, you know, they're running back to replace Bell. Um they they have Juju Smith, you know, wide receiver, but you know, they hopefully another other others of their wide receiver core will step up. Um but there seems to be an issue around Ben because now Bell is coming out, you know, now that he's with the Jets, you know, now he's saying that Ben wants it his way, you know, and and so that's kind of what Antonio was saying. So that's that's there seems to be an issue there, but I, I don't know. I mean, he he might have deserved it from being there as long as he has. I don't know. You know, either that or the, the you know Tomlin's not doing what he should as the head coach, and we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh. So anyway, um, so I, I brought up brought up this guy's name in accident, but um, I need an explanation from you, James, because I I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it, but. Why would the New York Giants re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. to a new contract last season, and then turn around and trade him to the Cleveland Browns? They couldn't. Pay I don't know. I think a lot of people. 
I think a lot of people was wondering why they did that. You know, why not just trade them then or cut them and why give them the money? And you know, so uh, that's a mystery only the Giants can answer why they did that crazy stuff. But they did what they knew in the long run they were going to do. They were going to trade him. You know, um, I don't know why they didn't do it last year before they gave him that contract, but it's crazy, uh, you know, what they did. And, you know, now they got rid of him. That's what they wanted. So, you know, they could move on. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, what they so they told him um, in the off season. You know, last season, the off season, they told him, okay, if you behave and you know, just just go go out in in the, the practices and 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 do what you're supposed to do and and do right, then then yes, we, we will give you a contract. And he did everything they asked him to do. You know, I I just think that you know this this last season, um, the team didn't do so well. And I, you know, I I'm still, and I know that you you are wondering why are they keeping Eli Manning? Why? You know, I mean, anybody could do better than Eli, but they keep him around, and he's not doing so good. So, um, you know, if if they think trading away a, a great player uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to help. Good luck. I don't know. So, I guess, you know, we'll, I guess, again, we'll have to see what happens. But, anyway, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, you know, they will have a great team this coming season. You know, they're favored to win the AFC North. So, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, is going to be in his sophomore year. He actually, he, he proved himself this last season. I think he looked very good. He composed, threw the ball well, is in the pocket. You know, he... he he was great back there. I, I you know, I, I have a lot of, lot of uh, hope for him. And now they signed Odell Beckham Jr. And then, of course, they also signed Kareem Hunt, running back, but he has an eight-game suspension. You know, so if as long as they have a running back for the first eight games of the season, then he'll come in and, and be able to help out. You know, so. What, what, what do you think? You know, of course, then they also filled spots. I mean, they've been signing people. For the offensive line, defensive line, you know, it's just it's been amazing all the all the moves that they've made. You know, just quietly making all these moves, and I I really have some good thoughts about them this coming season. What what, what do you think? They got a lot of good players, you know, but that don't mean nothing. They got to learn how to put it together and play together, you know. They have all these great players on the team, and everybody's not playing together. Everybody's playing for themselves. You know, you're not winning no game. So, um, they got to put their offense together, the Odell, and when Kareem come back and, you know, and see how that works out and how the offense going to run with those two, uh, with Bacon Mayfield and their defense, you know. So, they got a lot of work to do. I mean, it looks good on paper with them right now. Everybody talking about, oh, they've got to go in there, but you ain't going to go nowhere if you can play together, you know. You'll be one of those teams that just couldn't play together like Jacksonville, you know. They got a great defense on paper. They couldn't play together this year, so they were horrible. So, uh, well, Jacksonville, we know what the problem was there. They just didn't play together. That was a problem. Well, they also they also had Blake Bortles as their quarterback, and now they have Nick Foles. Oh, we're talking about their defense. 
Oh, their defense. Their yeah, defense. they they've always had a good they've they've always had a good defense, but I think they just got frustrated with what was going on on the offense. So they have players. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, oh, there's there's a lot of changes. You know, we know that there's uh, what eight eight head coaching changes around the league, and and you know, sometimes oh. there's magic involved with a new head coach. Sometimes there's not. Yeah, so, and and Cleveland has one of those, you know, new head coaches. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I really feel that, it, that it's going to be good. I know Baltimore is saying, well, you know, if Cleveland has to come through Baltimore, you know, in order to win the, win the, win it. So Baltimore, you know, they, they've gotten rid of a lot of players and, you know, they're not the same team as they've been. So I don't think Baltimore is going to be that good, but, Anyway, I guess we'll we'll see what happens with uh, Cleveland because again, I have my faith in them. So anyway, well let's take our next break. When we come back, um, I have a, a some interest an interesting article I read about regarding the play where players want to play at, um, and I like your your opinion on this. So anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests are people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, um, I had mentioned that I'd read an article. Uh, it was about NFL, about where NFL players want to play and don't want to play. 
Uh, basically, it was written after Antonio Brown's refusal to play for the Buffalo Bills. So the article, they polled 15 respected NFL agents about most and least desirable teams to play for. And, uh, you know, the, the agents came up with factors that the, the players kind of look at. And it has to do with, like, the winning culture and tradition, you know, opportunity for playing time, you know, income and tax laws, uh, the market, uh, area of the country, and sometimes weather. So when it comes to the, you know, I, I like, I'd like to find out from you before, before I say um, to you, where would you think the five most desirable places to play at are? based on these factors. So winning culture, tradition, opportunity for playing time, income with the tax laws, market, area of the country, and sometimes weather. I don't know. Probably Boston, Miami, California, something like that. You got two of them right. So most of our own places, number one was Dallas. Number two is Seattle. Three is Miami, four is the L.A. Rams, and five is Atlanta. So Dallas was the clear winner uh, because they, 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 let's see, what do they say? They spare no expenses for players' luxuries, and they treat their, la- their players first class. So, you know, that, that says something for, for the organization, but they have the, the money, they can do it, and, and they will do it. So... Uh, but then again, we notice, you know, these are all, you know, not, not, I mean, Seattle's not exactly a warm place, but, you know, it's on the coast. But, uh, most of these are, are, are pretty warm spots. So let's flip it and talk about the least desirable cities. What do you, what do you right. think? What Green comes to mind Bay. for you? Green Bay, Buffalo, um, Seattle. All right. So you, you got Buffalo, right? That was number one. Number two is Oakland. Three is Cincinnati. Four was Detroit. And five is Cleveland. So the reason why they're, they're least desirable for most players, you know, was, was, was basically that for them, was most, a lot of these places don't really have a nightlife. You know, and, and then um, the Raiders will jump to the top five desirable places when they move to, to uh, Las Vegas. So that'll, that will switch things around and they'll have a nightlife, you know, for the players and they'll want to go to Vegas and play for them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting on, on what they, what they want to do, um, where they want to play based on these different things. And I, I guess I never really considered it. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned Green Bay and you mentioned, um, you know, a couple other other cities, and they did say that um, they also considered, you know, Green Bay was kind of middle of the road uh, between the most desirable and least desirable. Um, it has to do, some of these places has to do with having some, um, for, for uh, um, you know, how, how many, how many, how many, um, the diversity, you know, in the, in the cities. You know, they're looking for diversity. Um, and some of these cities don't have a lot of, a big diverse, diverse crowd living there. You know, so it, it just, uh, it was just kind of, kind of surprising. So anyway, I, I, I thought that was an interesting article. 
And I just wanted to see what you had to say on that. So, anyway, so let's flip a little bit and uh, talk about baseball. And I know I brought this up to you, and I'm just, I'm just totally floored, you know, as to where the ceiling is. But uh, Mike Trout, you know, with the Los Angeles Angels. They signed him to a $430 million contract, and I believe it's for 10 years, but to me it doesn't matter how many years. It's just that amount of money, you know? So is this crazy, you know, or will this be the norm moving forward? Well, they said it was, most people said it was a good contract, and he deserved it, so I guess it's not crazy. You know, a lot of people say they deserve it. You know, the money's well spent, so... You know, so I guess it's not crazy. I guess that's what he expected to make, and that's what they paid him. Well, they gave it to him because of loyalty. That's number one. I mean, he's 27 years old, um, and 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 he's he's been a very consistent, good player for them. You know, and and he's been very loyal, staying with them. But I'm just, they, 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 there's some people that said that they should have paid him even more. That you know, they should have paid him a billion dollars. I just, I, I know I brought this up to you before, but where do they, where's the ceiling? I mean, I understand they're, they're, these teams are making money off tickets and jerseys and, you know, concessions and parking and all this stuff that goes into, go into a game, you know, and then of course there's, there's TV deals and, you know, and then of course if they play in the, the postseason, it's just on and on and on. But, I, I just I just don't get you know paying one person because you know you pay him this much money how are you supposed to build a team you know of other people because you're going to have other team teammates looking at him going why do you think he's worth that much money you know why why can't I make that much money so it's just it's it's crazy I I don't know I don't know do you have any opinion on that or are you just like just get whatever you can get. That's it. I mean, they said it felt nobody complained about what he made and what they gave him, so that's what they feel was right, you know? I mean, you know, that's how the market is. We're going to keep going up with these players, you know? Like you said, it's no ceiling because owners are making billions. So that little bit of money that they give him ain't nothing. Only one player gets that. Ain't like everybody on the team getting that amount of money, so... It's just that he got to step up and do something now, you know, make it, you know, where he got to earn that money. A lot of people going to be talking about him. Yeah, well, I I just, I just have, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, what, what what the number is. I mean, oh, well, I guess we'll, we'll see. So, speaking, speaking of baseball, um, so normally, you know, when when you're in a division, you know, and you trade a player, you try not to trade the player, or you shouldn't trade the player to somebody, you know, that, that you play against in your division. So, Washington, you know, they, they had Bryce Harper. They turned around and traded him to Philadelphia. You know, and so, you know, that, that, that's your opponent. You know, why would they do that? Why would they trade him to somebody that, that's in their same division? Why? Yes, why? Sometimes they do that just to see 
the playing guests from the show that they wasn't all that. You know, you don't know that could be the reason or the reason they couldn't get them, you know, somewhere else, you know, where they, in the other division. So there's a lot to it, you know, like you say, why? You know, um, sometimes teams won't do it because they want that player to come back and hurt them playing them, you know? So, um, there's all kind of things like owners, sometimes they, friends and buddies. I mean, look at, um, the guy for, um, who traded, um, Odell to, um, Cleveland. Him and, him and what's called them friends. So that's why he sent them to, um, the Cleveland, you know, they're buddies. Sometimes it could be that. It would be a lot of different reasons. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've just always understood that you shouldn't trade your top top player to someone within the, with, that you play against in the division. So, because that could end up biting you in the butt big time. He's got something to prove, you know. And, and Philadelphia, they're actually they're they're a pretty good team. I mean, they they should do well this season. So, Washington, just shake my head. We'll see. Um, so Puig, you know, Yassel Puig, he was with the the L.A. Dodgers, you know. And, and if you remember, he actually came over from Cuba via, you know, one of those rafts, those boats, and uh, came and uh, played, uh, you know, they, they, I guess um, the agent found him in, in Miami and brought him to L.A. And, you know, he, of course, they had already tried him out, out, you know, in his home country, and, you know, they knew they wanted him. Um, so, you know, he was there for quite a few years, and now he's been traded to Cincinnati Reds. Um, do you think this is for you know? Of course, he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove, you know. To that to, to told the Dodgers that they made a mistake. Do you think they made a mistake? No, I can tell you everything. You got to wait to see what they do in the season. You know, you can say they made a mistake, but still, the moment then he don't do nothing. You know, his play is horrible. You know, then the other team was like, hey, that's why we got rid of them, you know. So you have to wait and see, like say, that chip on the show when they play the SC channel or, you know, um, him coming out and winning the MVP, of the, you know, that year. You know, that's something we can say it's a mistake, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think the issue is he's just, you know, he hasn't been doing so well um, the last year or two. His numbers have definitely declined. Um, and I, I think they just kind of are ready to get rid of him and move on, you know, with the future. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Cincinnati, but I, I just don't see Cincinnati doing that great anyway, but they could, they could do wrong or are they, they could prove me wrong. So I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, let's, let's take our last break. When we come back, I have something to talk about that I, I don't know if you're aware of, but you know, something that, that uh, should be kind of near and dear to your heart. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's official. Spring turkey seasons are underway. So tune into the revolution this week as we talk all things gobblers, where to hunt them, calling, and more. Joining Jim and Trav will be Michael Waddell of Booger Bottom USA and Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, plus Larry McCoy with Respect the Game and Jared Hinton from Federal Premium Ammunition. Jim and Trav's Turkey Talk Discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz and I'm here, as always, with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, you know, I, I hope you feel better. I know you're 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 on the mend, you know, but it's never fun when when you've been sick like this. So, I hope you feel better soon. Yep, hope so too. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right, James. So, I again was reading an article. <laughs> Um, this had to do with uh, the NCAA JUCOs, junior colleges. Um, and again, you know, I know this is where this was the route you went um, to get to college, and uh, so that's why I say it's kind of near and dear to your heart. So recently, the state of Arizona they canceled the football programs at all of their junior colleges. They realized that it wasn't financially feasible to continue. Each program cost the state $400,000, while they only made about $25,000 in ticket sales. Other states are actually looking, you know, at, at doing this. You know, would, would this be detrimental moving forward for the, the college football? Yeah, it's going to be tough for some kids who can't get into a big school right away. You know, and um, also it'll be tough for kids that, Need this extra help in JUCO, you know, uh, make it at a big university. So uh, that'll be tough, you know, if they do discontinue junior colleges, you know, because I feel some kids are not ready for a uh, big time school. We need the junior college to play another year or two, you know. So it'd be really tough for a bunch of kids, I think. So uh, I hope they don't do it. Um, I'm sure they can find ways to make money, you know, but 
I don't know. I just hope they don't do it. Yeah, when I read the article, they they said that the four hundred thousand dollars that it costs each program, you know, has to do with scholarships, um, salaries, travel, you know, travel costs. You know, a lot of these things add up, and uh, you know, a lot of states. I mean, California, I think, has like two hundred and forty or two hundred thirty junior colleges that they that they support. Um, I, I I don't know how they do it, but. You know, I, I know that some universities, some, you know, four-year four universities, you know, they, they charge fees in, in their, their registration fees for students, you know, and, and then some of that money goes into the program. So, you know, I guess depending on, on how they want to rework things, they, they can make it happen, you know, but for them, I guess Arizona didn't think it was, in, that it was important enough for them to continue it, so... It, and I think it was only like they had four or five junior colleges. It wasn't a lot in Arizona, but California would be a lot. And there's a lot of these these colleges. You know, it's a feeder program for them. You know, it it's, it it really helps move on to the next level. And it would be it would be it would hurt them. So with some colleges. So anyway, last thing to talk about tomorrow is the start of the NCAA basketball tournament. And this is also when I begin watching games. <laughs> I haven't really watched any of the, the NCAA basketball games, but I will start tomorrow. So right now I'm going to say that uh, Duke will, will win on the back of Zion Williamson. He's, he's, you know, after he got hurt in that one game against uh, North Carolina, he's come back and he's better than he was before, they're saying. Um, but uh, I, I, I think he's a phenom and he's going he's gonna to lead the team. Do you have an opinion on it? Are you just gonna watch and, and see what happens? No, nope, don't watch college basketball. Um, I don't think Duke will win it all with him because you know tournament play. It's a different play, but you know there'll be another better team out there that play team ball and beat them. So uh, well, we'll see. You know, I'm sure Duke they expect to get to the Final Four and all like that, but. Um, I don't know. I'm not paying attention to college basketball that much. I'm sure I heard Virginia, Tennessee, Gonzalez, Gonzaga, all them great. Do got to play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. But like I said, a lot of a lot of people have all their hopes into into Duke and and Zion. And I I I'm a believer. I've watched him a couple times, and he's he's even though I haven't watched the whole game or anything, I've watched him play a few times. And he's just, he's pretty remarkable young man. So we'll see. Well, James, uh, we're going to end the show early a little bit today, but um, we'll hopefully feel better next week. We'll be back. And uh, hopefully everyone comes back and listens to us next Wednesday. So have a great week, everybody. Take care. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh, 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 oh,